Like Bob on Facebook at facebook.com slash Live. In relation to what I was talking about before the break and the Shroud of Turin, let me just build on that. And uh, again, what I'm about to say, I realize that some of you will not agree. Uh, That's okay. I just ask you to think about what I'm about to say. All right. And if you disagree, that's fine. But please disagree biblically, not emotionally. There is a deep desire in most humans for things you can see, things you can touch, things that you can feel with your your senses. That is a part of our human nature. But when we talk about faith, let me put it this way. Have you read through the Great Hall of Faith chapter recently, Hebrews chapter 11? You'll notice something. In every case where a great person of faith is mentioned, they are mentioned because they believed and trusted in something they could not see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? Not seen. That whole 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, all of those great people of faith were believing and trusting and absolutely confident in something that they could not touch or see or feel with physical senses. In every single case. But there is that desire within us to touch and feel and to see, but there's no faith there. If you can see it, you don't need any faith. Now, let me go just a little further. Well, well, let me say this. I mentioned just before the break, you go through Europe, you go through Mexico, and so many churches have relics. Relics of this, relics of that. Uh, there are pieces of the cross all over Europe. Churches, cathedrals all over Europe. Someone years ago traveled around Europe and measured the pieces of the cross or the pieces of wood that were purported to be pieces of the cross. And then they put all the measurements together, and it would have made the cross like 300 feet high and 180 feet wide. So obviously, the overwhelming majority of the pieces of the cross could not be actually pieces of the cross. And then you have relics of this person, that person, this saint, that saint. That fits into this human, but very fleshly desire. I got to see something. I can't believe unless I see something, I can touch something, I can handle something. And that's why, that's why people pray to a tooth. And again, I've seen that. I'm standing going, you are actually praying to a tooth? Really? Now, 
let me get to Scripture. I really believe that it is God's desire that we mature to the place in our Christian walk where we no longer need miracles. Oh, listen, 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 don't, 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 don't jump to a conclusion. Make sure you understand what I'm saying. Am I saying that God doesn't perform miracles? No, 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 no. I believe with all my heart, God still performs miracles. Have I personally experienced miracles? Yes, 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 yes. And again, I say yes. I mean, things, no earthly explanation It was a miracle. Yes, I have experienced them. And yes, God still performs miracles. But I think God wants us to mature to the place where we don't need them. They occur, but the need for miracles belongs to the immature. If you look at the ministry of Jesus, when he first began his ministry, his ministry was miracle, 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 miracle. He was performing miracles everywhere. He was healing people, raising people from the dead, feeding 5,000 people with just a little boy's lunch and walking on water and so forth, because the disciples needed that. They were young, they were fresh, they were immature, and they needed miracles. But what happened as the ministry of Jesus continued and they got closer and closer to the cross? The number of miracles declined, and finally, they just stopped. Jesus wanted them to get to the place where they just trusted him, and they had faith in him, not in the miracles. And I was the resurrection a miracle? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, my goodness, yes, absolutely. But just personal testimony. I won't take time today, but I could give you these stories of some absolute miracles that God performed in the first stages of of our ministry. Joy and I, I'm talking about my, my wife and I, in our ministry. I mean, miracles, absolute miracles. I, I, I've told this once on the air, and I'm not going to do it again today because I don't have time. We did a youth rally up in New Philadelphia, Ohio. We had over 1,700 teenagers at this huge youth rally, and God performed a miracle. There's no other way to explain it. It was an absolute miracle. And I think our young people needed that. And God used it. When Joy and I started a church in Westerville, and this is the absolute truth. If you don't believe me, I can I can find the, the newspaper clippings. The local Westerville newspaper, back in those days, it was the Westerville News and Public Opinion. Headline, front page of the local Westerville paper when we started Calvary Bible Baptist Church in Westerville. Big headline, front page of the local newspaper, Miracles Aid Church Builders. 
I'm not making that up, and I'm not exaggerating. That is verbatim. That was on the front page of our local newspaper. Miracles aid church builders, because when we planted that church, God just performed miracle after miracle after miracle. And then 10 years later, we went through some very, very difficult times as a church and a congregation. We were praying and pleading with God for a miracle. And God didn't perform those kind of miracles that we had seen 10 years before. Did we make it? Yes. Were we stronger? Yes. Did God meet our needs? Yes. But he didn't meet them in that miraculous way that he did 10 years prior. Because he knew that we would believe him and we would trust him, and we did. That's why when you see ministries that emphasize miracles, get your miracle, come and get your miracle, send in $10 and get your miracle, you you know that they're appealing to very immature Christians. They're appealing to the immature. They're not appealing to the mature. Let me summarize so you don't misunderstand. Does God perform miracles? Yes. Does God still do the supernatural for his people? Yes, yes, yes. Do we need those things, however, to believe in a sovereign God? Hopefully, we come to a place of maturity where faith really is the evidence of things not seen. It's an important lesson in our spiritual maturity. Sometimes God performs wonderful miracles. Sometimes he just, he just wants us to trust him. And we never need relics. Never. We have God's word. And that's enough. Follow Bob on Twitter at twitter.com slash live. Again, welcome to Bob Bernie Live. Uh, well, <clears throat> maybe I should move on from controversial topics. The, the, the problem with dealing with controversial topics is the danger of people misquoting you, misunderstanding you. There will be people who will take what I just said before the break. Did you know that Bob Bernie doesn't believe in miracles? And uh, they would not be telling the truth. I think I said over and over again, yes, 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 I believe in miracles. But I honestly believe that God desires that we move beyond not accepting miracles or even seeking miracles. But I believe that God desires that we mature to the place where we don't need miracles to trust him. Because that, again, is what faith is all about. 
the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, evidence of things that are not seen. And that's why I find so many miracle ministries troubling. Come to a miracle meeting where miracles are promised. Um, no, 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 no. Um, but again, I just want to make clear. Yes, I believe God still performs miracles. Seen them. I think Joy and I have seen some recently. Just some miracle things. All right, let me uh, let me move on. I, I hate to jump from that into the political arena, but uh, you and I are going to be absolutely bombarded with political commercials. Well, we already are. They're everywhere, and they're going to get worse and worse and worse as we approach the upcoming primary. And it's important that you know who you're voting for. The hope of America is not in the next election. I hope you know that. America's greatest need is not good politicians. Oh, that's a need, but that's not our greatest need. We need a spiritual revival. We need courageous pastors more than we need good politicians. Okay, I, I just I just want to make that clear. That does not mean, however, that we should not be involved in the political process, and it does not mean that we should not get acquainted with those who want to represent us. And that's why this little tweet caught my attention this morning. It is from gubernatorial candidate Nan Whaley. Nan Whaley, the former governor of Dayton, Ohio, wants to be your governor. So she's sending out all kinds of tweets, and she wants you and I to know what is important to her. And you need to know this. To Nan Whaley, candidate for governor, killing innocent unborn babies is right at the top of her list. Yeah. Oh, it's important. Here is a tweet from today from Nan Whaley. Quote, Every Ohioan deserves access to abortion care when they need it. Every Ohioan deserves... Every every Ohioan. So a five-year-old boy deserves access to abortion care? I guess so. A 10-year-old girl? A 40-year-old man? 78-year-old woman? 82-year-old man? That's what she says. Quote, Every Ohioan deserves access to abortion care. Wow. I I had no idea that every Ohioan was eligible for an abortion, but according to Nan Whaley. And then she goes on. As your next governor, I promise to always stand up for reproductive rights and veto any anti-abortion legislation that comes across my 
desk. Well, there you go. If you want a governor that um, supports the killing of unborn children, evidently Nan Whaley is your candidate. Speaking of abortion and politicians, I mentioned yesterday that one of the reasons why I have very little respect for Joe Biden personally, I honor the office, is because he stands in direct opposition to his church. He is not a man of conviction. He's a man of convenience. Well, I didn't know this until today, but you, well, I did know that the Senate defeated the Women's Health Protection Act was a piece of legislation that would have codified Roe versus Wade in every state in America. It would have nullified every pro-life bill in the country had it passed. It didn't pass. Praise God. It was the most pro-abortion, radical pro-abortion piece of legislation probably ever introduced. And 13 Catholic senators voted in favor. 13. Oh, they're all Democrats. Ah, what a surprise. 13 loud and proud Catholics voted in favor of a radical piece of legislation that absolutely violates their faith. Should tell you something.